Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name Ed Sylvester. This is Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Sam. Yo. How are you doing? How was your D&D? Wiggity, wiggity, wiggity week. My D&D week. How am I doing? My voice might be slightly different because I am recovering from a head cold. <clears throat> so there's going to be some of that. You lucky, mm. lucky things. Um, so yeah, I haven't had the chance to do a lot. I've been sort of... Obviously still working away on Tales of Tarthage, mm -hmm. the first episode of which will be on the 31st of this month. Screaming towards us that deadline, Ed. Screaming. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, so I've been working on that, and either because of my own lack of planning or because of how it's come out, we're actually getting a 13-episode run in Season 2. Because got to get stuff done, and they can only be a certain length, as I found out this morning. So you'll be getting an extra episode, so it'll be a 13-episode run starting on the 31st of August, which I think is a Tuesday. If it's not, it's the Tuesday that's nearest that. Wonderful. That's there good go. to know. Yeah. More content for the people. More content for the people. Good story as well. Like it. Thinking about Series 3. Shouldn't be, but am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we've also <laughs> got, we've got that secondary... Uh, we, you know, we, we, we've got the whole, um, what would you call it, starter set uh, podcast U, the SSPU, starter set podcast universe building thing that mm -hmm. we've got. So we've got yeah, Tarthage. Yeah, it all we've exists. Got... Equilibrium. Yeah. Has... Got... Yeah, here's a little game for you. If you're listening to Tales of Tarthage uh, season two when it comes out, I can't remember the episode. I think it's fairly early on. Um, it does reference, there is a little hint of equilibrium mm. in there so it's a bit of a shared thing because oh we know what sells in its shared universe it's content <laughs> upon content in a great big meaty podcast sandwich mm, yum 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 om nom nom so yeah uh we didn't play uh last night or when, when is this going out friday we didn't play on tuesday night so yeah sort of got better i've been reading a lot of the books yeah just trawling through and looking at characters and seeing if there's like organizations and stuff that you can rob or just ideas like that. I've been doing a lot of that. I know you do a lot of that. Yes. Yeah, I do. My, um, to, to break it down for you people, I've mm -hmm. been taken, or I've taken a slight back step from D&D &D recently. This is interesting. I yeah. wondered if we were going to talk about this. This is an interesting thing. No, I think, I think, I think it's good to, because I, I think a lot of people, so number one, um, we've had some, uh, you know, we've had some difficult times recently in terms of lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to recognize the fact that you're maybe not enjoying the game as much as you were at one point, or because you're doing it over Skype, you're not as engaged with it. And I found mm. myself, and this is the thing, I found myself, because uh, we were playing online, um, as much as I was engaged with the story and listening about the story, it wasn't doing what D&D does for me, which is the escapism piece. It's the I'm not here, I'm there. Yeah. Um, whereas instead, what I was doing is I was playing and thinking about other things at the same time, which actually what that does to you is it just makes you tired because you've got, you know, <laughs> split... split. And I know a lot of, you know, you have to do that in your life, but when it's the thing that you want to do and chill out with... Then yeah. I think it's better to take a step back, 
take a moment so that when I come back to it, which I undoubtedly will, I'll mm-hmm. appreciate it so much more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people maybe don't do that step back in again because I know that there are people that stop playing and they'll stop playing because of those reasons, the reasons that I've just described. I wasn't that into it or um, I, I wasn't getting that engaged in the story or anything like that or uh, I was just busy, the social pressures. I think it's okay to actually recognise that and then yeah. step back from the game. I think that's completely fine. And I think that's... As with any hobby, I think I think it's fine to turn the Xbox off. It's fine to not go for a run one day. It's mm-hmm. fine to not take a break from all these other things but D&D it's like I think because twofold I think because it's a shared experience no one else's week is put out if I choose not to play fucking Dark Souls or FIFA or whatever yeah no one else's week really is impacted by me not going for a run but there's people who go ah fucking we're going to this big fight now we're a man down that yeah. happens with D&D and I think there's also a huge stigma about people being on time there's loads of memes and jokes about well, oh my god we've united the five families and we can all be free this Thursday night for D&D yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. I think there's just that weird sort of subculture around it I think it's I mean I did it myself when I stepped back from DMing Tarthage because like we were doing this show I was writing Tarthage I was writing the Christmas one-shot, DMing the Christmas one-shot, creating mm. the Christmas one-shot as a show for for starter set. And yeah, I remember saying to you, like, you were just like, just, okay, cool. I'll DM our team in another universe or something. And, you know, whatever, I'll do this, I'll do that. Just fucking keep the spark, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but what I have been doing to, to keep the spark, as you've just said there, Sam... And as I'm a few, I'm sure a lot of you know, and especially those of you who um, listen to the bonus show through the Patreon, um, mm-hmm. I I read a lot, <coughs> which isn't a, you know, that sounds really braggy, but I, <laughs> I, you know, I have I, access to a printing press. <laughs> I read uh, no, so so I'm reading um, some books that I haven't read read before, and as I'm reading them, I'm going that I'm going to steal, that I'm yeah. going to steal, that's yeah. going in there. Um, yeah, which I think is actually quite nice. So it's still it's still showing that I've got the ideas behind it. And I, when I say reading, I don't mean the Wizards of the Coast books. I just mean yeah. books in general. Um, yeah, I'm reading like... uh, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Um, he's, Never a, read he's a classic. Um, I mean, everybody knows Neil Gaiman. He's fantastic. He's written God knows how many things these days. Um, but yeah. he, it's the whole world underneath a world thing. Um, yes. Oh, I think yeah, you did mention this on peeling think, session back, zero. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Peeling back the veil of a city as you know it, and underneath it's a magical city, or like. Oh, there's yeah, a exactly. there's a phone box. No, it's not. It's a magic wand for a giant. Yeah. yeah it's the Harry Potter underneath London. It's Harry Potter London in comparison to London. London. I was thinking about this the other day when he goes into Ollivander's, mm. and he's like, he's the only one in there, and it's like the busiest time of year. How does Ollivander stay open? Because I guess he does all the wands in the country, but you're supposed to be really careful with your wand. He just wanders in and he's like, ah, yes, use this one. Oh, is it attached to me in any way? Oh, you'll see. How does he get away with that? It's all Ollivander's fault, if you think about it. Yeah, if, it. He, if he'd just been straight up and just gone like, listen, mate. Yeah. This wand is good, but the other one, mm-hmm. right... It would have been a better movie because he would have been like, oh, what about that one you just picked up and then frowned and put back? And he's like, you don't... Okay, you have no experience in magic beyond Hagrid's umbrella cooking sausages. 
I can sell you anything else in this store and it will blow your mind as to what you can expect from your new reality. That's you true. don't need to you don't need to fucking worry about that. And then Harry, the question would have been whether Harry could deal with that. Oh, I never knew if it was going to be the shit, but I can do all this wonderful stuff. How much more? <laughs> and it would have made Harry Potter into like Darth Vader. That would have been a better series. That would have been good. Do you know what? Hang on one second. Hold that hold that thought. Give me one moment. Beep 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 beep. beep. Ringing. Bring bring. See that classic cool. ring. Hi JK. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you, 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 listen, me and Sam, start a set mm-hmm. podcast, I know you know who we are, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right, every week, ah, oh, thank you very much, appreciate the support, but listen, yeah. we've just figured, you're going to get some jip out of this, this week's episode, um, but, you know, you're welcome, so if you go back, we write those, we'll only take half of everything that you make, of right? everything, skateboards, yeah, just everything I can put my face on, because I'm the main character, it's Sam Potter now, hang on, hang on, hang on, sorry, no, 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 no. That's okay, you don't have to do Sam Potter. That's fine. All right. Loves, bye! Did you accidentally call the lead singer of Dramiroquai? Oh, because his name's JK. I got it, yeah, thank you, sorry. Bloody hell. <laughs> Let's run some ads. Run Welcome some to ads. Adventuring 101. <laughs> Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades. That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much to the advertiser or advertisers that we have just played. All part of the Robots... I'll say that again. All part of the Robots Radio Network. Ed, Adventuring 101 rumbles on. We did exploration last week. And had a lot of fun with that. And uh, this week we're moving on to the second pillar of adventure, which is an obvious one. Combat. Ninja hands. Ninja hands for sure, or a combination um, device that you use for playing lots of sports. Have you ever Com- noticed? Bat. Great. I'd, you didn't laugh at my JK joke, so I'm not giving that the time of day. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that with ninjas, if there's loads of them, you're fine. But if there's one ninja, oh yeah, we need to get our one ninja to. I yeah. Fight that 100%. other ninja, but if there's like a thousand ninjas, you cut through them. They're CGI. It's like that. Well, it's, it, do you know what? It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's thousands of the Foot Clan, but there's only one Shredder. Yeah. The Foot Clan. They, you know, you pew pew pew. Michelangelo, da, 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 Leonardo, done. Right. And then Shredder turns up, and he's you, yeah. He is a ninja, and shit goes down. Yeah. You'd think though, maybe Shredder's at like the the fourth. Shredder. <laughs> That's great. Me. Thanks. Shredder's like at the fourth Christmas party for the bad guys, and he's like, "We're get, not getting anything done. I need to test myself and try and take over because they're not Shredders, are they? They're, he's put himself in charge of them. What the Foot Clan? Yeah, they're not mini Shredders, are they? No, no, no. They're just they're, exactly. they are just so also he, ninjas. Yeah, like Loki isn't also a Chitori. He just got yeah. that army. Yeah. Shredder's a lazy motherfucker. Anyway, combat. Combat. Yes, so let's talk about combat. So we're going to do the uh, player approach and the DM approach. Um, I think we started last week with you starting, Sam. So if you don't mind, I will take the proverbial initiative. 
draw first blood on this bad boy. Um, and let's talk about combat and how that can work in your adventure. And just revisit this in Adventure <coughs> 101. So, here's my big one with combat. Or, and now this might just be my personal bugbear. Mm -hmm. But I feel like combat in D&D because it can be very long and it can be a bit of a slog long shouldn't be about I need to get that that chit that tokens hit points down from 120 to 0 okay, okay. the great combats or if you do need to do that there's something extra so I'll get onto that in a second but the great combats I find are the ones where my players have more um, agency. Thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking for. More agency and more like they're, they're more willing to. Is it's not just about the <clears throat> reducing that to zero. It's about getting something out. It's about picking yep. something up. It's about stopping something. That's so funny that you mentioned that because when I was doing my notes for the show, it's the first thing I wrote down. Combat. Is it? it is. Yeah. It reads. Combat needs stakes beyond death. Yes, a hundred percent. And this, the thing is, is because within D&D, yes, death is a thing, but after a certain level, it's so easy to come back. Unless you're playing with, like, um, a DM who's particularly harsh. Yeah. But then I think you're ready to deal with that harshness, and that's where you see players kind of ramp up their, um, uh, like, power gaming style because they have to deal with a DM who's particularly harsh in combat. So then that kind of balances itself out. And there is a and point. in the same position. Yeah, there is a point in any game. It's like a nexus moment where you're all sort of... Like, level sort of seven to nine. Yeah. And you become very powerful quite quickly because a lot of classes get something quite beefy between level seven to nine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right, I can throw some serious shit at pretty much any puzzle or problem you can throw at us. And the DMs don't necessarily have to be harsh, but they do react accordingly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> let's take, um, let's let's do a starter set classic. Yes. And let's look at the MCU because we love doing that. Dabba dum, dabba right. dum, dabba 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 dum. Exactly. The fight, the Avengers fight at the end... Loki, who is the bad guy, is not the problem. The problem is the black hole and it yep. is the nuke coming. Yeah. All that the Chitari do and Loki do slow them get down. in the way. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And that's why that end scene, and that's why you get those goosebumps happening with the little camera spin round and you're like, Oh fun things are happening. Um Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what you should be looking at. And if you want to make your battles epic and fantastic and you know things that people write home about mm. make it make it not necessarily about the reduction to zero that being said i can understand that potentially you don't want to be running games like that every single week no but even if it's a side quest and it's like to let you pass you must rid my forests of this creature yeah that, on the face of it, is go here, make that go from 120 to zero. Mm -hmm. But actually, even that's not, because you're doing it to progress through the world. 
that's the reward. That's those yeah. are the stakes. Surely. Yes, you're right. And the thing that I would actually do it, um, and the way that I would like to operate those kind of things is, yes, you've got your zero, you've got your one twenty to zero, or your thirteen to zero if we go level one and we talk about I don't know something that's low health. Yeah. Um, what what you should look for in those instances is how to bring in our first piece of adventuring 101 which is the environment to play mm. so you've just mentioned there a forest right let's not don't it's very easy i think as a dm to kind of go like right here's my things that i'm going to put them with and you disregard the idea of what's context. actually going on in the environment and the context exactly so if you're fighting in a marsh it's about slugging through marshland if you're in a if you're in an ancient forest and you're trying to you know stealth up you've got that you ramp up that stealth difficulty because there's dry twigs everywhere there's fog there's shadows yeah. that are potentially missing and you and you're also probably going to be attacking <clears throat> something that is in its own environment its own home yes or is trying to sneak up on you because that's the that's yeah probably the two options that you're going to have there is you're either going to be coming again to combat against something which is in its home environment, you know, or it knows the area. Like, let's say guards in a city know the area. Yeah. Right? They, it's literally their jobs to walk around and know the streets. So they know that area. And if you go to um, try and rob a place or break into somewhere... and you You'll be on the back foot. Exactly, exactly. So then you have to start thinking about actually how, how, as a DM, do I introduce the idea of not knowing where people are going? Unless they've done their homework and they've done the research and this is how you get that exploration piece influencing your combat piece Yeah. because then they know, players know which way to go. Um, like, you know, it's blueprints busting through, busting through a bank. Yeah. Um... In the other environment where it's you going somewhere to uh, or something attacking you they are getting the theoretically getting the drop because they'll go for an ambush because everybody does because if you're yeah. in a fight it's better to get the first hit in and we know this because the D with D&D the action economy plays it so if you take one thing out then you are at a much larger advantage because there's not enough uh, actions to come back against you so if you get those first hits yeah. Amazing. And then you start seeing the barbarians, things like danger sense come into play, and then that makes them really invaluable in how they operate. Uh yeah, so that's so that's my my Ed's DMing combat thing. Guide guidelines. I like that. I like that a lot. <clears throat> Thanks, Sam. But yeah, that being said, I am <clears throat> I am one who does a lot of... I don't do tables. I've said I don't do tables before, so it's not a thing. I don't do tables and random encounters. I never, ever do them. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think as a player, yeah, let's... combat can be quite a defining thing. One of the reasons I switched my character in our Tuesday campaign was because they didn't have a hell of a lot to do in combat, and I had kind of built... And it was definitely my fault as someone coming in underprepared with the character and not as experienced as others with character building. That said, my guy just wasn't getting the hits off. And I think it's such a big part of the game, and it is a big part of the game, even in, especially in sort of 
campaigns where there isn't a lot of combat, combat is a big thing in those campaigns. Mm, yeah. And I think I just wanted a bit more, like you said again, a bit more agency to affect the world around me, which links into the exploration ideas that we were talking about last week. Yeah, 100%. It's it's going, alright, I'm, or, or you're playing heroes, so at the points where you can, you know, mm-hmm. lo- load up, transform and roll out, you can feel like a badass, rather than like tra- you transform and roll out and then trip over. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you it's got like. In... Yeah, go on. Just, just from a player's point of view, <clears throat> have you got like a specific example where you feel like maybe either either you felt like a badass because something happened, or the opposite of like, like what's the point where you've gone okay with with Anoki, that character who you've just mentioned? Mm. What was the what was the moment when you were like, ah, was that because you felt you weren't punching at the same level as? other people in the party or was it that you felt like the thing that you wanted to happen wasn't at the uh grandioso scale so like almost like the description it was more the it was honestly it was waiting six rounds six characters five characters sorry (laughs) to to fire an eldritch blast or to just hit it with a hammer bonk you do that amount of damage do you want to move sure okay that's you yeah, that's fair. I think that that's that's somewhat the curse of the warlock. Yeah, um, but with regards to your your first question, like the the badass moment came with Cormoran, my mm. my tiefling twilight cleric, who after meeting the party had the opportunity to, there were big bads coming, and he brought up the shield and cast the spirit guardians and said, "You go and get to safety. I'll hold them off for as long as I can." Mm-hmm. And I was well aware that I had this. Never played a caster, probably going to play it wrong, but I did it and I held off the fucking stone goblin golem things. It was fucking great. And it was like, that affected the story. Our characters still talk about that moment. Yeah. You know, X amount of sessions later, like, you know, the battles you write home about. And they were really good because the others had their role and sort of unknowingly helped my character survive. Like, there was a pipe, they cut it, two of the four went down. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, that was a really, really good moment. And it's something I don't think Anoki could have gotten because he would have just swung his club, held the ground, and yeah. had the shit beat out of him. Yeah, fair enough. And do you know what? You've actually actually mentioned the piece of interaction there that wasn't based on getting something from zero, uh, 120 to zero because two of those went down because a pipe was cut. Yeah. Did you see what I mean? Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Fun? No, yeah, that's great. Have you ever had one of those with like a character in one of your campaigns? Uh, oh, yes. Um, Hail Hilltopper's coming out. Here we go. Hail Hilltopper had some fantastic moments. I love Hail Hilltopper. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but I didn't. Uh, I definitely played him wrong because this was sort of first, first yeah. points and steps into the game. So there were definitely things where I was like, oh, I've done 80 points of damage and, you know, feel great about that. But actually it's because I've cocked up and, and not done. <laughs> I, I've, I've just overdone maths. You know, I mean, I've rolled like four times as many dice yeah, as yeah, necessary. Yeah. So I'm not going to take that on board. I'll take that back. Um, but, you know, there's there's been points with Zebulon where mm. um, he's... And admittedly, and this is the wizard thing... Um, because they are glass cannons, but he's got you know 
He you started can take a wallop. Fights. Yes, you can take a wallop. And I have enjoyed taking wallops because I, I like putting my characters in danger because I think it's way more fun. Because, um, yeah, you know, when, you're, yeah. when you, you make a decision and you're at nine hit points, you're like, this could be the end. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Kiss the void. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he has the psychic wave, which is this, you know, it's, it's the uh, cone. It's the cone fireball so it does all the yeah. same things as you know like lightning bolts the, mm-hmm. the straight line fireball and blah, blah 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 it's the cone one of those and i remember there were some street guys who tried to stop me as 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 we were going through um that city where everybody blew up into those horrible protol uh, protol yeah yeah so protol was a weird place uh, everybody because Everyone had to drink iodine. Do you remember that? Yes, we had to drink iodine um, because randomly, every so often, uh, <laughs> yeah, people would just blow up. They would just they would disintegrate and like pop into these like. Yeah, horrific... you know, what? I haven't thought about that for a while, and I think we might need to start thinking about it in this session we're playing next week. Yeah, I do. Considering magic is banned, there might actually be a reason for that because it all happened around magical elements. Um, but. Do you remember there were, yeah. yeah there were some there were some street thugs who tried to stop me in the street and I was like I haven't got time for this and I just used psychic wave and all three of them were just like oh okay I've just been blasted into absolute oblivion and I'm like wicked see you later PS <laughs> can one of you pop up as a little scallywag and follow me around please that would be fantastic thank you <laughs> um yeah so that's 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 a good, that was a good one and that's that's one of those ones where I think that's a good example where combat can be used to somewhat stop the exploration piece but isn't then going on for as long as it should do yeah so you're you're slogging it out and there's no real reason for you to slog it out yeah yeah, it yeah, yeah yeah stop and you go no thank you <laughs> done and carry on um yeah 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 well listen we've uh we've combated communicated about combat that's what i'm looking for thank you Mm -hmm. uh for a decent amount of time now so how about we bring this ruddy bloody show let's do it to a close ladies and gentlemen uh we hope you've enjoyed the show we have been starter set you have been our listeners roll well and we will see you next week goodbye you were doing like all weird enunciation on when you were talking when you're doing mm-hmm. this, like a sort of multiverse Jeff Goldblum. Goodbye, yes. everybody. Back to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube.